Hello and welcome to the Cambridge Chat, bringing you city updates, local news, and upcoming community events and activities. This program is brought to you by Community Connections Network, connecting communities anytime, anywhere. I'm your co-host, Todd Streeter, and thank you for tuning into our show. And now I want to introduce our show hosts, Linda Wolf, City Administrator, and Evan Vogel, Assistant City Administrator, City of Cambridge. Good morning, Todd. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing very well, thank you. And how are you? Uh, I'm happy, except when I woke up this morning, it was 19 degrees. That was not fun. No. <laughs> well, that's because you live north of the Twin Cities. It's colder up there. That's right. My tulips were shivering this morning. So. <laughs> Uh, and Evan is here too. That's right. Here I am. I'm excited to be here and um, excited for a good show. Excellent. And uh, I see Judith Kissner has entered the live studio. Uh, Judith, don't forget to push a chair. Um, so when you push a chair, you're uh, part of the caller. Today hey. I'm excited. Oh, go ahead, Todd. Yep. She's coming in here as soon as I can get her to connect here. All right. Okay. Ooh, there's Judith. Good morning, Judith. Good morning, everyone. And then uh, we're just waiting for Kirsten Vaughn, our Cambridge public librarian, to, add, to join us. Just wanted to kind of do an overview of what you guys can expect to hear today. We're going to have a conversation with a Judith Kissner from Scout and Morgan. Talk with her about the ways that she uh, impacts our community and the community-wide read. Um, the next uh, person that we'll be talking with is Kirsten Vaughn. She is the Cambridge Public Librarian. And we're going to talk about the services available at the Cambridge Public Library. You know, what are the hours and services? You know, COVID-19 has affected everything and every business differently. Right, Judith? That's very true. There's no doubt about it. Judith, yeah. I, I just can't help but hear how clear you're coming in. Are you in some kind of studio or something? It's well, you know, I am absolutely delighted to say I am in one of the beautiful new study rooms at our beautiful new Cambridge Public Library. And it's the first time I've had the opportunity to use one of these rooms. It was something that we didn't have available to us at the old library. Um, they're just lovely, so I'm, I'm really glad to be here. Yeah, we had the privilege of having a meeting over at the library. We were in the Marlis Palmer room. And uh, with all of the sunlight coming through the windows, it certainly made for an enjoyable non-Zoom meeting. <laughs> <laughs> so, Judith, let's, let's start talking a little bit uh, about Scout and Morgan. Want to just tell us a little bit about you and your fine store? Well, thank you. Um, so Scout and Morgan Books, um, well, next year we'll be celebrating our 20th anniversary. Um, although, as many of you know, we didn't start in our present location. We were just east of town, not far from the present North Folk Winery. But we had the opportunity to expand and move into Cambridge in 2007. I had always considered Cambridge my community, and it's where I did all my shopping and banking, so I was delighted to be anchored in that community. And um, we have been a full service bookstore since that time. Just so grateful for the support of readers in the Cambridge area and especially the fine staff, you, Linda, and 
Carolyn and others, the city council, Cambridge has been a very great place to, to operate a business. Yeah, it, it's such a cozy space you've put together, too. I mean, I, I haven't been around for very long, but it's kind of one of the first places that I've been drawn to. And I guess you were there when I brought my wife and son by, and they, they loved it, too. So yeah. it, uh, it is a great space to have around. In terms of your relationship with City Center Market, uh, it seems that the coffee shop and you feed off each other well. We sure do. You know, I had been involved with City Center Market, formerly known as Mom's Co-op, when it was in a little space next to the Sideline Restaurant. I was a volunteer there from the moment I moved into the community. And so it was really wonderful back in 2007 when they were going to um, be able to expand, that I could kind of expand at the same time and we could create a space with a nice coffee shop. Um, to try to make it a destination in downtown Cambridge. And so they've been wonderful partners, and we look for ways to support each other on events and um, all kinds of ways. So um, I'm really grateful to be where I am. Well, thank you. Um, I see that Kirsten has entered as well, and she's going to be taking a chair here soon so we can add her into the conversation. Um, but Judith, can you tell us a little bit about the community outreach efforts that you do, like Where's Waldo, um, Authors Events, Community Wide Read? You bet. Um, so since we've been in Cambridge, we have looked for ways to connect with the community and bring events to the Cambridge area that might not be possible without an independent bookstore. We work closely with authors and publishers and look for programming opportunities that we think readers would enjoy. Where's Waldo was postponed last year and this year just due to the pandemic. However, in the previous years, we have applied with the publisher Candlewick to be able to bring that event to the community and it's become one of our most popular events. It gets folks out walking a out through the downtown area looking for Waldo and all the various businesses and getting their passports stamped. Kids just love it. We love having kids um, and their families looking all throughout the store for Waldo and he moves around. And then at the end of that um, event, we have a big costume contest and we give away tons of prizes. The prizes are donated by all the local businesses. We just have a great time and we look forward to doing that again next year. Um, in addition, of course, we try to bring as many authors to the community as we can. There's nothing like meeting your favorite author or getting introduced to a new author. And it often can change the way you feel about their work. I've seen readers say, well, I don't think this book was for me. But then when they listen to the author tell the background of the story, they become a fan. And so we often host those events in the bookstore. But then we also like to look for community partners to kind of broaden the reach. So we've hosted off-site events around Cambridge. We've partnered with um, not only the Cambridge Public Library, but um, with other libraries in the East Central Regional System. And then also Cambridge Community Wide Read. Um, you know, that this is a project of the Cambridge Friends of the Library. So it wasn't one that the bookstore initiated. But back in 2008, I was invited to be one of the founding volunteer committee members. And so we have brought, um, well, we've tried to build community around the coming together of reading a common book. 
and getting people just talking with a, a book. We bring the author to Cambridge. Um, right now, the committee is made up of six volunteers, including um, our new branch librarian, Kirsten Vaughn, who you'll hear from in a moment. But we read a variety of books every summer, and then we come together to talk about what might be the right book for that time for the community. Reach out to the, excuse me, the author to make sure that they're willing to come to Cambridge so that we hold a grand finale event. And we have always said that we never want to be known for reading just a certain type of book. And so I'm really proud that our community wide read has hosted a number of different kinds of authors, whether they're novelists, whether they're teen young adult. Um, we've had a poet, Joyce Sutton, who was the Minnesota Poet Laureate at the time. We've had international authors, such as Frederick Bachman, who we were fortunate enough to have come from his home in Stockholm, Sweden. We've had big award-winning authors, such as Tim O'Brien, who we were really fortunate to get thanks to an East Central Regional Arts Commission grant. Um, that was really a highlight of all of the community reads. And then we also look back and we often kind of chuckle that we were able to get authors at the beginning of their writing careers. So Peter, Peter Guy, who's gone on to be a Minnesota Book Award winner and now has five books under his belt. Kalia Yang, the author of Late Homecomer, that was her first memoir. And now she's an award-winning author, both for her children's books and her adult books. And so um, it's been a really satisfying and rewarding process uh, for not only the bookstore, but I hope for the, the Cambridge Library as well. Uh, so what is the book for 2021? Good question. That is a frequently asked question. Well, as you know, we had uh, chosen Alone at the Top by award-winning polar explorer Lonnie Dupree, who is from Grand Marais, Minnesota. Chose that and had an event scheduled for April of 2020, but needed to postpone that due to the pandemic. And so our committee had a decision to make at that time whether we would just try a virtual event with Lonnie or just move on and choose another book for 2021. But what we knew was that Lonnie um, has a breathtakingly beautiful visual presentation. He was also had some other explorations scheduled that we really wanted the community to know about. And we just really felt that it would be a missed opportunity if we just moved on. So um, we decided to keep alone at the top as our community read for 2021. And um, I was just speaking with uh, Lonnie's agent this week, and we are still planning on bringing Lonnie here, hopefully in the fall. He wanted to be assured that a vaccine was in place and it was safe for a large gathering. And as soon as we have a date, we will announce that. And I'd also like your listeners to know that the best way to keep up with Cambridge Community Wide Read is to take a look at our Facebook page. It is the Cambridge Community-Wide Read of Friends of the Cambridge Public Library. And we update that, we share content from Lonnie's Facebook page, and sometimes we give updates on previous Cambridge Community-Wide Read authors. So that's your best source. Keep posted there, check in with the library, check in with the bookstore, 
So we are all very eager to have Lonnie here, hopefully this fall. We'll also schedule a couple of community book groups at that time. We know that not everyone is a member of an existing book group, and we want to give everyone the opportunity to kind of share their thoughts about the book. We will keep everyone posted. It's an it's amazing where the journey for the community-wide read can take an individual reader. I know that I've participated in the community-wide read and uh, Frederick Bachman in his books, and we started with a man called Ove. Is that, I always pronounce that right, or is it, was it Ove? It was Uva. That was our first question Uva. for Frederick, Frederick when he came to Cambridge from Sweden. How do you pronounce that name? So Uva, right. yes. But since then, I've moved on to Beartown and uh, a, a woman named Rose. I, he has several books, and they're just right. excellent. Yeah. And Judith has them all at the bookstore. <laughs> and so uh, does do the library. Some used, we yeah, do, do have, have um, used copies. We sure do. We often have used copies of Frederick's books. I think one of my personal favorites was uh, Tim Ryan's The Thing They Carry. Oh, uh, gosh. One of the most rewarding things about that event with Tim O'Brien is that we were to bring, able to bring in and connect with so many other community partners. So um, we were able to work with the Isani County Historical Society to host a Vietnam veterans panel. And that was an unforgettable experience. Many of our local Vietnam vets had never had the opportunity or wanted to share their experience. That was that was just terrific. We worked with KBEK Radio to um, get Tim O'Brien um, on their radio show that day. A shout out to Laura Martin if she's listening. She really helped facilitate that. Um, and then, of course, his grand finale presentation, we were able to bring in people from all around Minnesota who wanted the opportunity to hear and speak with him. And that leads me to remind folks, this is not just for people that live in the city of Cambridge. We welcome anyone in our state to participate in our community-wide read. Um, we try to get the word out, and um, we welcome folks from all over. Well, that also gives me an opportunity to now read Alone at the Top. I, I felt bad that I was going to miss it last year. Uh, but hey, now you gave me a second chance. Thank you for that. Oh, of course. And if I could just say one thing um, about how we chose this book. Um, one of our committee members, Dave Maurer, who many of you know, he recently retired from director of community ed here in Cambridge. He is an avid um, outdoorsman. He reads a lot of exploration literature. And so we had never done a book like this before. And he had read the book and thought it would be a great fit. I should mention that the book um, recounts Lonnie's summiting of Denali. It's North America's tallest peak. And he was one of the first people to ever do it, not only by himself, but um, during the coldest and darkest time of the year. Most people who try to summit Denali do so in the summer, and they might do so with a group. And it's just a remarkable account. And I'll, without giving anything away, I will tell you, it took him more than one try to achieve this goal. And he has a wonderful um, appendix. He has a great approach to living a simple life. And he shares that with the readers. And you really feel like you're right there with him on the mountain as he's attempting this remarkable feat. This is also a great book for teens and young adults. The content is just perfect for them. So we like that about the book as well. 
Evan, do you have any questions for Judith? Well, you, you know, as I as I, I will admit that I had to pull up the description for this book as you were talking about it because it sounds uh, just so interesting and is very interesting to read so much about Lonnie here. What kind of forums for discussion do you have through this community-wide read, and, and how does uh, how does one actively participate, or is it is it kind of a push to get uh, individuals to read more uh, on the side? Well, first of all, all of the events associated with community-wide read are always free, and they're always open to the public, and so. Um, that includes the two book groups. We host one book group at the Cambridge Public Library, so that's really accessible. And then in the past years, um, we have been hosting an event at Northfolk Winery. They are the owners of Northfolk Winery, Mike and Ann Tesner, are also avid readers. Um, they love partnering on literacy projects. And who knew until we tried it, but folks enjoy having a glass of wine with their book group discussion. So those have been really well attended. <laughs> and it seems we always, like that one is, a, is in the <laughs> should have been obvious category, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. So those are things that once we publicize them, you don't need to sign up, although we appreciate, you know, if you do respond to one of the events on social media to say you're attending so we know how much food to have. We have a nice brochure that we're going to update once we um, get a new date, and they have list all of the dates for the events. And you can just come and bring your family and enjoy a nice presentation. All of the authors stay after their presentation. They sign books, they take photos, and give you an opportunity to ask one-on-one -on -one questions if you need to. And, and Judith, what, you mentioned that you have had a, a variety of books. How long has this community-wide read been going on, and, and what are some of the authors that, that have come to Cambridge? I know you mentioned a few, but... Uh, sure. Um, our first community-wide read was in 2008, and we chose a hot-off-the-press young adult fiction called The Book Thief. And because it was our first year and we knew the author lived in Australia, we didn't even consider reaching out to try to make it work for him to come to Cambridge. And so we had all kinds of other events. But following that, we did um, historical fiction, uh, The Nightbirds by Minnesota author Tom Maltman. And then um, The Late Homecomer, as I mentioned before, by Kalia Yang. She's a Hmong um, immigrant to Minnesota. Uh, Little Bee, which was a marvelous uh, book by the British author Chris Cleave, and through serendipity we were able to have him fly from his home in London. Um, that was a really well-attended um, event. And then we went on to Joyce Sutphin, who was our Minnesota Poet Laureate. And, you know, I have to say many folks were not sure about um, wanting to engage with a book of poetry. But it was a marvelous event, and I think it introduced folks to the power of short literature, meeting a poet. We went on to Safe from the Sea, also a Minnesota novel by Peter Guy, who's continued to write and is the winner of the Minnesota Book Award. Uh, Vacation Land by Sarah Stonich. We love her work. Since then, she's written a sequel to that. We hope to have her back to the community. And Ordinary Grace was in 2015, and that was by William Kent Kruger, which leads me to share with you the most frequently asked question in the bookstore. 
is, will William Kent Kruger have a new book out in 2021? And I can share with your listeners that yes, he will. It will be out August 24th. It's called Lightning Strike. Um, It will be a prequel to his New York Times bestselling series. Um, The Cork O'Connor series is how we refer to it. Uh, We have been in communication with him um, to hopefully organize an event um, later in the fall. We're just waiting to see, you know, the virus is kind of driving everything and we leave it up to the authors to decide, you know, at this point, what kinds of events they want to schedule. Be Still My Heart, a new William Kent Kruger book. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) I have to admit, uh, Ordinary Grace was an amazing book. And um, I was really thankful that I was exposed to it through the Cambridge Community Wide Read. Um, I really do love the Cork O'Connor series, uh, Corcoran O'Connor series. Sure. uh, with with William, but Ordinary Grace was a departure from that, and uh, yes. I think maybe that's what made it extra special for me. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And um, you know, last year, 2019, I should say, we had a, a fun event, Evergreen Tidings from the Baumgartners, which was Gretchen Anthony's Minnesota novelist, her first book, mm-hmm. and she had a Cambridge connection. Her brother Andy is the pastor of the Cambridge Lutheran Church. So that was really fun to bring her here and see the community come out for that. So. That was one of the most interesting books, Judith, that for, <laughs> from my perspective. You know, I was like four chapters into that book, and I was so mad at that mother. You know, so how passive-aggressive can you be? And then you get to the end of the book, and then you feel bad. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> <clears throat> so... It's a it's a it's a great read as well. Um, I understand that Kristen may be joining you. Oh, I hope so. I, I hope, hope so. so. That would be great. Okay, I'll watch for her any minute now. All right. Yeah, um, <laughs> she was having some uh, phone issues uh, with reception, so we were hoping that maybe she could just switch it up with you. Well, um, well, well, that'll be great. Well, then, do I have time to recommend a book? Absolutely. Please do. All right, so if there's any of your listeners or anyone left on the planet who has not read Where the Crawdads Sing, um, that book is now available in paperback. However, there is a book coming out April 6th. It's called The Girls in the Stilt House. And for your listeners who loved Where the Crawdads Sing, you're going to be thrilled that this book um, is being released. First-time novelist Kelly Mustian, it's also considered a southern gothic novel in the same way that Crawdads is, although gothic not in the sense of horror, but just um, kind of developing really complex characters that explore issues and kind of reveal the cultural character of the American South. Two wonderful uh, women protagonists, the girls in the stilt house, the nice thing is it's It's a paperback original, so it's all ready for book groups to dive right into. I was on an event with Kelly recently with some other booksellers, and she just has the most beautiful, lush, atmospheric prose. Um, There's lots to talk about. So um, put that one on your list, everyone. Um, April 6th is the release date. And I'm going to stop because Kirsten is in the room. And so I'm going to hand off my phone to her and she'll be ready to go.
All right. Thank you, Judith. We appreciate you and appreciate you participating today. Well, hello, everybody. Hi, Kirsten. How are you today? I'm good. Um, good. I won't name which uh, carrier I have uh, since I'm having so much <laughs> trouble here. Uh, what I was able to catch of the podcast so far, Judith was doing a wonderful job of um, pitching the community-wide read. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to talk about the library. Any other reading questions you might have? Absolutely. So, you know, COVID-19 affected everything differently. What's now open and available at the Cambridge Public Library? Well, the biggest question we get is, are we open? And yes, we are open. We opened on July 6th of last year. Uh, you can just walk right on in. Uh, and we are currently open Monday through Saturday. I'll list the hours right now, but you of course can call for the hours or visit our website. We are open Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. Thursday is our late. Uh, day from 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. Uh, Friday we're open from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. and Saturday we are open 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. and again you can just walk right on in no appointment needed to come in we do also have curbside service if that is uh, what what you are looking for as well excellent I know that the community worked so hard to pull together to build a beautiful new library and then to try to debut it during COVID was extremely difficult. So yeah. thank you and thank, thank to all of the Cambridge Library staff for being able to be there, make services still available and uh, connect community with, with our literature. Um, you know, uh, another fun thing that the Cambridge Library does is you do a lot of programming uh, for kids and adults. Yes. Do you want to talk a little bit about what's coming up? Let's see. So right now, because we are mostly virtual programming, it's really easy to attend events at all of our branches. One unique thing we have coming up next month is a Dungeon and Dragons virtual club they are starting. So if you have been kind of curious about that, but you didn't know how to start, we have a virtual Dungeon and Dragons starting for uh, teens and adults. There's a separate club for the different ages. For kids, we have a flat Stanley program starting. So if you, if your kids are looking for something to do, they can mail us a flat Stanley and we will give their uh, flat Stanley, which is a paper doll that they decorate. Yeah, they can mail the flat Stanley to us and then we will mail them back a letter with a story of all the adventures their Stanley had. You do have to sign up for that so that we can make sure that we can get you the Stanley back. So. Uh, just keep an, an eye for on our online events calendar and you can see all these events and more that are going on. Uh, we also have a lot of craft kits right now. So you can sign up for a puppet craft. Uh, we will send your family everything you need to make an owl puppets. Uh, we have window chime crafts, all that sort of thing going on right now, just to keep everybody busy and continuing to learn during quarantine times. Awesome. And then does the library still have the to-go kits for the daycares? Yes, uh, I think you're talking about like the story time to-go kits. Yes. Yes, yeah, we actually have, we are expanding the kind of kits. Uh, one thing I'm always sort of 
for lack of a better term, preaching to the public is we are so much more than books. So we have book club kits. Uh, Judith mentioned we have book club kits for the community-wide read, but we have over 200 book club kits, and there are some for the uh, young readers. So we have chapter books for the very young readers, and then teen and adults. For those wanting to do story time, we have something called story time to go kits where you get five books on a given subject, you get a music and some sort of manipulative. Sometimes that's a puppet, sometimes it's a puzzle, sometimes it's something completely different. And you know, even for the younger, we have play and learn kits. And so those are very simple kits designed for toddlers or preschoolers to help them learn their letters and their numbers and their communication skills. The most popular one is our locks. So um, they, the locks will have letters on them and then the keys will have letters and the kids have to match the lock to the keys. And man, I can tell you, I've done several STEM focused story times and I can have robots that are blinking lights, but they don't care, they want the locks. So. Yeah, check out that, our play and learn kits. Uh, we have several lock kits specific in that, um, in that category, and those are the crowd pleasers for those toddlers. So how is the new library layout working out? Well, I think we're gonna keep the building. I think we like it. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, it's been so nice to uh, have the space for our collection. Uh, in the previous building, they're just, the there was enough space for our books, but now they are, our different collections are able to be properly shelved so you can find what you're looking for. And we can also display our beautiful collection so you can, you can see everything that we have here. So many people have discovered that we have a local collection, a Minnesota collection that just has really unique historical items or um, items by local authors. That was kind of hidden in our old library just because we didn't have the space, but now we're able to properly give it the space it deserves. And people are discovering some really neat historical items in there. Well, I do look forward to a time uh, when we can enjoy the outdoor space uh, behind yes. the library. And I think uh, maybe this summer, um, hopefully there'll be availability, availability of tables and chairs out there. So people can sit out on the back patio and just read in the sunshine. Yes. Yeah, I hope so too. We do have two benches out there, but we are looking for uh, getting some more seating for sure out there this summer. And then I think, you know, the other item that's coming that it hopefully will finish the library project is we have our art sculpture coming and yes. hopefully we will install that in the month of June. I, Ian Dudley is preparing a, or creating, I shouldn't say, I shouldn't say preparing, creating a beautiful tree sculpture that will be out on the plaza out in front of the building. And that is through a grant from the East Central Regional Arts Council. So I look forward to dedicating that in June and having that be part of your outdoor space as well. Yes, we, uh, the, we, the library East Central has have worked with Ian before and he made the sculpture at the Chisago Lakes Library, which is very popular. So I'm really looking forward to what he makes for Cambridge. Uh, yeah, I'm excited. 
Uh, yeah, I can't wait. Um, so, Kirsten, are the computer appointments available now? Yes, ma'am. Uh, as soon as we open, computer appointments were available. We do have computer appointments every day we're open. The computers are socially distant at this time, so you can make an appointment ahead of time, or if you just want to walk in, as long as there's a computer available, we will let you sit down at a computer. The computer appointments are for one hour sessions at this time. And so far it's, it's worked really well. We've been able to get people the tech access and the printing access they need. Speaking of other services, we do have study rooms. People are really excited about our study rooms. Those are also for one hour appointments right now. And we have five of them. So if you need a place to uh, study and get away, we have those available. So Judith uh, shared with us kind of a, a great up-and-coming book that is going to be released here on April 6th, The Girls in the Still House. What do you see as reading trends right now? Well, I am a little bit more of the kid-focused, so you'll have to forgive me a little mm -hmm. bit, but uh, dragons are in. Wings of Fire series is still very popular, so we still see a lot of dragons. I have Some things I'm excited for this summer uh, I've been reading a lot of puzzle books, and that's, I don't know what to call them other than puzzle books. Books that are just being begged to be made into an escape room, and I've had a lot of luck recommending those to people. There's a new series out by Jennifer Barnes called The Inheritance Games. I read that book in one day, and everyone I've recommended it to has really enjoyed it. The, the sequel is coming out this summer. So this is a, a type of book where you know, there's a, a mystery, a family mystery, there's a mansion, uh, a lot of money at stake, and but the deceased is a millionaire with a lot of time on their hands, so they created a bunch of codes and riddles for these people to find, to follow in order to find the inheritance. It's kind of like a mixture of Ready Player One meet Knives Out, if, if you're familiar with Yeah, I... I just love these kind of books where there's puzzles for the reader to decode. You're not just, you're, you're kind of an active participant trying to figure out what, what's going on and where is this mystery going, these clues you follow. Um, so if you're ever in the need of a puzzle recommendation, I am collecting a list because I really like them. Excellent. Um, and I also see on your Facebook page that you guys do virtual story time. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, uh, every Tuesday and Wednesday we do a live virtual story time on our Facebook, although you can watch it after the fact as well. Every week we have a theme, and if you go on our early literacy page, you'll get a handout that correlates with uh, the story time. Each, each story time is about 20 minutes long. We read about three books, and we do songs and um uh, we have guessing games, and we do our best to make it interactive, even though we're meeting virtually. And uh, Amelia and I are having a lot of fun offering those. Excellent. Well, Evan, I'm sure as uh, being a parent of a young child, you have a lot of questions about library service as well. Any questions you have for Kirsten? You, you know, I, I can't say that I have any questions. I think the two of you have, have done a wonderful job explaining the, the services that are there. But I'll tell you, as a parent of a one-and-a-half-year-old, I love hearing about everything that, that is available and have to have to see how to get him involved with some of that. Sure. I, I can pitch you something if, if you are uh, game. 
Uh, right now, we do have a special giveaway for our 1,000 Books Before Kindergarten program. Uh, and so that is just is just what it sounds like. Every book you read, and rereading counts, because I know how the young ones like to reread their favorite, you get a prize every 100 books. And right now, because of our special giveaway, you get a book every step of the way as well. Well, that, that sounds incredible. I can tell you that... Uh... Harrison is particularly partial to pout-pout uh, fish. Um, <laughs> that, is, that is one that uh, I'll throw it across the room to try and read another book, and he will run across the room, pick it up, and, and bring it back to me. So. And say, again, again. Yeah. He's not quite there. He, he calls books babas, and so he'll just oh. hand it to you and want to sit down and read it. It's, it's a pretty cute routine, but uh, I think he's got to find something new. Yeah, he's a he's a real Minnesotan if he's already dedicated to fish fish that much. Yeah, that's he's gonna, a future fisher there. I, I think that's right. I would be I'd be a little disappointed if he weren't. So. <laughs> All right. So we're closing in at the end of our time here, Kirsten. What is the one important thing you would like the Cambridge community to know about the Cambridge Public Library? The one thing that I haven't already mentioned, of course. Um, well, the summer reading program is on this year. We we start the summer reading program and it's for all ages this year. It starts June 1st and it goes through Saturday, August 14th. We will have a mixture of online events and in-person events, socially distant in-person events. And if you are interested in partaking, just give us a call or keep an eye on our website because we're very excited to offer some of the events we have coming up. We, we're going to have tie-dye events, an Investing 101 class. We are starting a series of events called Passport Club where kids will get to meet with people from other parts of the world and we read stories and do a hands-on activity related to that area we're learning about. Boy, if I would have done the Investing 101 series, I probably would have been able to retire a lot earlier, let me tell you. <laughs> well, that's, that's the dream, isn't it? It is the dream. It is the dream. Well, uh, Kirsten, thank you so very much for sharing all the great information um, about the Cambridge Public Library and what you have to offer. And if you have not checked out the Cambridge Library, it is located at 111 Dalwood Street North, and it is an amazing building. And it's open, has lots of light, great books, all sorts of services. I hope you get the opportunity to go and check it out. So, and the, uh, I remember Barbara Missel saying the best thing that you can have in your wallet is your public library card because that gives you free access to the world so i i will never forget that uh, evan anything else no i i would just send a big thank you out to judith i would send a, a big thank you out to kirsten and uh really appreciate your participation and uh thank you to everybody who either has listened or will listen to to this podcast thank you very much and we will see you next week as a preview to our next show. Oh, sorry, Kirsten. Oh, I was just uh, going to say thank you for inviting us. Absolutely. As a preview to our next show, also located in the Cambridge Public Library is Play Ink Arts. Or Play Art Inc. I'm sorry, I always get that one goofed up. Uh, Shannon Shogren um, is going to be joining us along with Jody Briggs. And they're going to talk about what they have to offer 
not only for performance, but for classes as well. So that will be next Wednesday, which is April 7th. Wow, I tell you, time is flying. So Wednesday, April 7th, we will have representatives from Play Inc. join us to talk about what they have to offer. Uh, Todd Streeter, anything else for today? You know, I am just, I learned so much today. I'm not a real avid reader, but you've all piqued my interest in actually trying to learn a lot more from different books. And I I was actually very intrigued by Kirsten's comments about the inheritance escape escape room concept. Oh, yeah. I love doing escape rooms. That that was one of the last events I offered before the, the shutdown. We had a Harry Potter escape room. And the groups that came, they formed uh, fake house names and they earned points. And then we had, you know, uh, different house cups offered. So when we can do events like that again, we will have escape rooms because they are fun. <laughs> my, my brothers and I did that. Uh, we, we get together on a weekend once a year, just us brothers. And we chose that as an activity uh, during COVID, kind of relatively speaking, because we, we could do it with, with ourselves anyway. And... It's a lot of fun. I'd never it done it before, and it's it's really cool. Yes, it is. Now, if you put a lot of money at the end of that from an inheritance standpoint, that could drive people nuts, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> it, it does in a lot of cases. Yep, in a lot of these books, people go a little a little cuckoo for cocoa puffs, but it makes it kind of it makes it part of the fun. You could have an inheritance tournament. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Amongst all of your siblings, and whoever comes out on top gets it all. <laughs> Well, very, very interesting. And I thank you both for, for joining our show today. Very, great job. So do you want to take us away from here, Todd? And we'll talk next week. Thank you, everybody. You can listen to today's program and past shows on the City of Cambridge website at ci.cambridge.mn.us, on your Podbean app, and on other popular podcast directories. We'd love to hear from you, so please visit the Cambridge website and leave your questions, comments, and suggestions. To receive notifications of upcoming shows, simply subscribe on the Podbean app or on the city's website. And if you have a moment, offer a review and rate our show. A five would be great. And don't forget to follow our show and share today's program with others. We want as many listeners like you to truly make this show your show, dedicated to engaging conversation with civic leaders and community members like you. Thank you for listening and have a great day.